Well, hello, welcome to yet another episode of The Daily. I trust that all of you are well, that you are adjusting, if you are, to your current work from home arrangement, that uh, more than that, you feel the spirit leading you, guiding you, speaking to you. In this time where we've been given margin and space, uh, you feel the beckoning of the spirit into uh, places of depth, of union. And I pray that uh, you will respond to the Spirit's invitation, that you will not uh, distract yourself in this time, but you will lean into the work of the Spirit, to this great work of depth. Well, this week is a real significant week for all who are Christians, uh, believers, all who are Christ followers. And this week is commonly referred to as Holy Week. Now, this is the week leading up to uh, the Good Friday and Easter Sunday celebrations. And in this week, uh, churches uh, or believers all around the world would contemplate, commemorate, ponder on the life and teachings of Jesus, particularly uh, his sacrifice on the cross, the events and the things that were said leading up to it and what happened after. Now, this is our great hope. That is that Jesus rose from the grave. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And we have this great hope in the resurrection. But this time of even contemplating on scripture, the cross, it serves as a starking reminder of the price that was paid for our sake, our sins, our unrighteousness, our transgressions against God, all of that. You know, the Bible tells us that the wages of our sin is death. But Jesus, through the cross, through that painful, sacrificial act, he purchased all of us and ransomed all of us from that great price. Now, as we read scripture, we are reminded of the price that was paid for our sake. And this is what Holy Week is all about. Now, traditionally, uh, it is known that Jesus had seven sayings or seven statements that he made uh, leading up to the cross and while he was on the cross. Now, the church historically has referred to them as the seven final words or the seven words from the cross. And now I thought it would be great for us to spend some time diving into some of these statements through uh, the week uh, for the daily, even as we make our way to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And I love how one writer puts it. He puts it this way. Jesus' step-by-step journey to Golgotha is a glowing revelation of the extent of his love. He loved us to the uttermost in going all the way to the cross for us with every bruise, every puncture, and throb, and stab of pain. And it's during Holy Week that we see most profoundly how deep the Father's love for us. God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans chapter 5 verse 8. And this is the whole idea even as we dive into these scriptures, these passages that perhaps you know we've read a bunch of times and we have perhaps lost appreciation for the cross, uh, be it by just not remembering it or living lives that are contradictory to the price that was paid for us, whatever it is. And maybe in this time, even during Holy Week, even as we devote time, space and margin to contemplate on the work of Calvary, it is a time for us to confront uh, any callousness 
in, in our heart, any callousness uh, pertaining to the cross, pertaining to the work of salvation, and confront them and allow the Spirit of God to meet with us and bring us to deliverance. Now I'm going to spend some time reading uh, what is commonly referred to as the first word, the first statement of Jesus from the cross, and it's the word of forgiveness. We're going to look at Luke chapter 23 verse 32. It says this in God's word. There were also two others, criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. This is God's word. And so the first of the seven final words of Jesus on the cross is this word of forgiveness. Now we know a person's final words or last words are often known to carry with it a lot of weight and meaning. And this could be a person's uh, final chance to pass on a a piece of wisdom or knowledge or insight or clues to a treasure map or it could be the the person's uh, final attempt that a person will often use it to pass on his final wish or desire and I think it's the same for Jesus right I think in these final seven words of Christ we see the desire of Jesus the desire of God his wish, his intent, his wisdom passed on to humanity. And I think these seven words are incredibly significant. And I think this word of forgiveness is so much on the heart of God. And it's not just something that Jesus says is important, but it is something that we see as a consistent theme all through his life, all through his ministry. Jesus went about forgiving people of their sins. And it wasn't just people who, quote-unquote, deserve forgiveness or were good people. If we read down further in verse 39 of that same chapter, it says this about the criminals that were crucified next to Jesus. Then one of the criminals who was hanged, blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other criminal answering rebuked him, saying, do, do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, my Bible translation, the New King James Version, describes the two men that were crucified with Jesus as criminals uh, that is an okay but I would say incomplete translation because these men weren't just common petty criminals they were in actual fact uh, zealots or uh, you would know them as political revolutionaries terrorists even and so these were men who were seeking to subvert the Roman Empire and they would uh, you know, pay no attention to the loss of human life. They will use some of the most violent means, guerrilla tactics, to subvert, to disrupt the Roman Empire. And yeah, these were bad, horrible, horrible men who had little to no regard for human life. And they were crucified next to Jesus. And one of them turns to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And in that moment, Jesus forgives him and assures him of his place in paradise. Now, it would be almost accurate to say that the kind of forgiveness that Jesus offers is a kind of forgiveness that extends 
to even the most undeserving and unlikely of candidates of people. That's the kind of forgiveness that Jesus has extended to you and me. And we often forget that our sin, our unrighteousness, our transgressions is by no means any lesser than that of the criminals that were crucified next to Jesus. Sin is sin. Unrighteousness is unrighteousness. Transgressions are transgressions. There are no categories. And we have in many ways transgressed against God and his statutes. And we require Jesus' forgiveness, his work on Calvary to deliver us from eternal damnation and punishment. And that is the kind of forgiveness that Christ has extended to us through the work of Calvary. But it doesn't just stop there, right? Jesus tells all of us, those who want to follow me, those who want to be my disciples, my followers, those who want to live into my way. You are to pick up my cross and follow me, to pick up our cross and follow him. And I don't think it's so much a literal, physical cross that we are to carry, but in many ways, Jesus is saying, hey, look at the cross, look at the way I conducted myself, even as I lived my life and was obedient even unto death. Look at the way I'm posturing myself in this moment and do the same. And Jesus begins this painful ordeal on the cross with a word of forgiveness. It's almost as if to say to you and I that we are in many ways to begin our work into transformation, into being like him with a word of forgiveness, to forgive others even as we have been forgiven much ourselves. I love that Jesus didn't come to conquer or save the world with a sword, with violent tactics or means, but he came to save this broken world that in many ways has been stuck in an endless cycle of vengeance, of revenge, of the revenge, of the revenge. He came to save this world with a cross, with a cross that speaks of obedience, even unto death, obedience to his Father, but also love for humanity and forgiveness, even to the most undeserving of people. That is the work of Calvary. And when we choose to forgive those who intentionally and maliciously harm us instead of perpetuating the cycle of revenge, we in many ways become a living imitation of Jesus Christ. And as we do this, we help flood a world that's hell-bent on paybacks with a forgiveness that washes away sin. And this world, we know this world all too well. It is full of the lust for vengeance and for revenge. We have this saying that goes, vengeance is sweet. But I think vengeance is only sweet to a sick soul, to a soul that doesn't know the work of forgiveness. And those who, have, who know and understand and have experienced this forgiveness and know that they have been forgiven much, vengeance is bitter. It is unappealing. So even as we begin this week of meditating, of contemplating on Jesus' words on the cross, I'd like to invite all of us to step into that first word, that first statement. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Father, forgive them. Forgive even the most undeserving, even the most wretched. Father, forgive them. I'd like us to even spend some time contemplating whether we bear any unforgiveness in our hearts 
as we contemplate Jesus' work on Calvary where he extended this forgiveness that is so outrageous and radical and how he has invited us to do the same as his followers. And while to those who observe Christ on the cross, even as he breathed his last breath, they saw it as a sign of weakness. Christ is weak. But we know that that power of forgiveness, his blood and the work of Calvary transcends time, transcends imagination and transcends all the powers of the earth. Because forgiveness is not weakness. It is not, it might appear weak, but it's not, but it is the power of God to overcome evil. That is what forgiveness does. It overcomes evil by depriving evil of a host of for vengeance and for retaliation. Forgiveness is not weakness, it is power. And so I want to invite you to step into that, to step into forgiveness, to release yourself from this prison of offense to which only you hold the keys i'd like for you very much to step into forgiveness and to experience this freedom that was bought and purchased for us on calvary and so let's just spend a few moments just thinking and reflecting on our lives is there any area to which we have borne offense and unforgiveness is there anyone that we need to talk to people that we need to speak to this week release forgiveness to release pain that perhaps have has been covered up and and suppressed for many many years but as you enter into this uh, uh, space and time of quiet and isolation these offenses begin to surface and rise to the top and uh, perhaps it's the Lord in his grace and mercy inviting you to get rid of these toxic things that wage war uh, on your soul now it's time for you to release forgiveness so let's just take a moment and just ponder and sit and reflect on our lives and allow the spirit of god to meet us even now let's spend some time in prayer for praying let me pray for you even as we begin the day father we thank you that your word your commands your statutes though weighty is not without your grace your kindness and your empowerment god we thank you that even as you've called us to forgive to partake in this deep difficult work painful work of forgiving god you don't ask us to do so by our own strength, but you have given us your Holy Spirit, your grace, that which empowers us to live a life far beyond our own ability. And God, we ask even as you have surfaced people that we need to talk to in this week, God, we pray that you'll give us the grace to do so. Empower us by your Spirit, O God. And Lord, we thank you once again for this space that we now have, this space that we now have in time to to, to do a deeper work, to take a deeper dive into our souls. And God, we pray that we wouldn't miss this moment in time to rid ourselves of offense, of unforgiveness in our hearts. God, we thank you for this grace and this privilege that you've given us. We love you. 
In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you in the coming weeks and we'll spend more time diving into Jesus' words from the cross. And I pray even as you contemplate on these words that you would be renewed with a fresh sense of gratitude for what Christ has paid for you on the cross. But not only that, you'll be challenged in many ways to live a life that reflects the Messiah to which you profess you follow. Be blessed. Have a great day at work. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the daily podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.